just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety, just a menace, ju- just a menace, just a menace. Menace of sobriety, just a menace, ju- just a menace. Menace of sobriety. Hello, people, and welcome into my home. Uh, I don't know if you can see this or not. You might be listening on the podcast, but. Uh, we are sat in my office at the moment. Um, my dog is underneath the desk snoring. So if um, if you hear that, that's not me farting. And my kids are upstairs doing bath time before bed. So they could burst through the door at any minute, but you might be able to hear them as well. But um, the reason why I wanted to do this little podcast from, uh, from my house um, in my office, surrounded by posters of myself at the back there. I know it looks like a shrine, but they really motivate me. They've been motivating me for the last 10 years to get back on tour, which I've been working towards for 10 years. And sobriety over the last 167 days has brought about a brand new stand-up comedy tour. And it's uh, quite an emotional time for me, man. I've got a lot of trauma attached to touring just because of how I lost my last tour. It was cancelled um, 10 years ago. A lot of you on this channel might not know me. You might not. You might just know me as the host of Menace to Sobriety. But in fact... I'm going to get into a little bit of a story here for you, talking about how my addictions, my coping mechanisms are attached to my stand-up comedy and why I'm triggered at the moment. Also, I just want to talk a little bit about accepting we're wrong, which is always a really difficult thing to do, and it's taken me years to do. I made some serious mistakes, and um, uh, the freedom that you get from that as well. And um, yeah, and I wanted to talk about the tour because I want as many of you that um, are watching these podcasts and passionate about them um, to come because there's a lot about sobriety. I mean, it's all funny stuff. Obviously, it's it's comedy. A lot, a lot of my comedy comes from tragedy. It's all a reflection of my life. And I've written this tour, or I'm writing this tour at the moment, sober, which is the first time in my life I've ever written um, comedy sober. I always wrote my comedy and my sketches either hung over high or drunk do you know what I mean and I certainly always performed drunk majority of the time uh tipsy at least I always had a couple of drinks to to calm my nerves and the writing is phenomenal it's I'm in a different place and I'm talking a lot about sobriety and the battles with mental health and the things I've done wrong and I wanted I wanted to tell you about the tour so so you come along and I'm going to meet as many people as I can before and after the tour at the shows. And I ain't one of these twats that's going to charge for meet and greets. I'm just going to get amongst it and say thank you for the support. But before I get into that, I just wanted to talk a little bit about owning mistakes, man, because it's been a real difficult one. And I'm getting, you know, our bodies hold on to our trauma. All right. They really do. Our, our bodies, we don't realize, you know, on the last episode I'd done on Menace Sobriety, I cried my eyes out and I couldn't work out why. It wasn't until after that I realized why I was crying. And it's because our bodies, our emotions are deep within us and um, they're um, they're ready to come out um, if the right triggers, uh, uh, you know, if the right buttons are pressed, uh, you know what I mean? And what we, what I think, it, what I think happens is when we want to drink or use drugs, um, what we're essentially doing is we're just chasing happiness, right? We're chasing dopamine hits of happiness. This is this is just my my view on it. I feel like we're chasing little dopamine hits of happiness to hide the pain. So when we're triggered to drink, and I have been triggered this week heavily um, since the press has started talking about my tour, uh, I'll get into why I've been triggered and how I know I've been triggered and how I deal with it. But 
when we get triggered and we want to drink and we want to use, it means that we just want to cover it up because that emotion's coming out. The emotions are coming out. And that's the problem with being sober. That's the difficult thing about sobriety is that um, I call it clarity. You get the clarity and it's like looking your trauma right in the face, whatever your trauma is. Now, we all have trauma. It doesn't matter how big or how small. I don't know who you are or what you've been through, but I guarantee you, whoever you are sat watching this now, there's something that's happened in the past that upsets you. Um, there's going to be big things that have happened in the past that you know upset you, you know, if you think about them or if you feel them or someone mentioned something similar, right? There's those obvious things. But also underneath the surface, there's hidden things that you don't even know upset you. There's, there's things in your mind or in your body that your body has kept um, waiting to come up to the top and you don't know it. You don't recognize it. It's, it's, it creeps up on you. You can't put your finger on it and you don't understand why, but it's that trauma that makes you want to drink. It's that trauma that makes you want to um, use drugs. Or it might be associated with the trauma that you know you have, but it's from an angle you don't understand or you haven't looked at yet. And for me, I've realized that every time a news article comes out about me and I read Dapper Laughs, this and da-da-da, that, a lot of the trauma was around me not accepting um, what I'd done wrong and the feeling of being a victim, which is so ironic considering um, the type of comedy that I was doing and how how sort of, um, how much disregard I had when I first started for people's feelings and emotions uh, that had been affected by the stuff I was taking the piss out of. I was so young and immature, but you know what? That's how we learn. And that's, I, I always push back on cancel culture because I truly believe that, you know, I should, I should, and I'll get into some of the stuff that went wrong for me, but I do believe that you should be punished, but I didn't believe that you should um, not be forgiven. You know, I believe you should be forgiven, but I think I should have been forgiven a lot sooner. Um, uh, and I think, no, I, I thought I should have been forgiven a lot sooner. So I held on to a lot of guilt. It's been 10 years since a comedy promoter has had the guts or, or just truly thought I'd changed and, you know, that I wasn't what I, how I was portrayed or that I was different now or a safer bet. It's been 10 years since um, I've been cancelled and I'm finally feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm coming back and I've been given a second chance and I owe it all to sobriety. I owe it all to sobriety. 167 days, or in 167 days of sobriety, more has happened for me in a positive way than the last 10 years of grafting. And it's down to sobriety. First up, for those of you that don't know, um, I'm a comedian. Some of you might just know me as the host of Menace to Sobriety, but I'm a comedian and a social media influencer, I guess, but an online comedian. I was one of the first in the UK to start making comedy videos and I blew up really fast, um, super fast, scarily fast at the time, which wasn't good for my ego or my addictions. But um, yeah, I, I learned very quickly that um, controversial comedy, you know, being out there and upsetting people got a lot of attention, you know, and I never really took it seriously. I always hid behind the fact that I was playing a character Dapper Laughs, you know, with the name Dapper Laughs and the character, I, I could really push the boundaries um, with the lad culture style humor that I was doing and hide behind it almost like, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen did with Ali G and Borat 
you know, really pushed the boundaries and, and, you know, my thinking was, you know, it's not me. There's no malice in it because it's not me. It's the character, which really is, it's just a shitty way of um, not taking responsibility. But at the time I didn't want to take any responsibility for what I was doing. I wanted to be funny. I wanted to be controversial. I wanted to be out there and edgy. And um, I had no reason to listen to what anyone else was saying. Cause as far as I was concerned, and I think this comes down to our drink and drug use, and I'll explain why. Um, as far as I was concerned, I, I, I was right and they were wrong and I couldn't do anything wrong. And I think that is because my ego was so inflated, not just from the, the sort of fast rise to fame, but um, through the drink and drugs, you know, like some weird stuff's happened to me since I've been sober. Like, you know, as soon, as, soon as I started getting my clarity back, I immediately said, I want to sell my McLaren. You know what I mean? I was like, what? It was like I woke up and I was like, why the fuck have I got a McLaren? Why have I got, you know, I sold a watch. This I had this watch and I was like, why have I fucking got this thing? You know, um, it was all ego driven stuff. I was like, I was worried about the most dumb shit. And um, it was like I was in such a mission to prove that I was successful just because I was making money. I had this void where I just needed to prove I was right and I'm still successful. People, I'm not cancelled. People still love me. And da -da 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 -da. and look, I've got this, I've got that. And um, I was very much like that when I got cancelled. I, I, I couldn't accept that I'd said anything wrong or I thought, all right, I pushed the line, but calm down. Who are you to tell me? And, um, and I think it's because, and stay with me on this one. I think it's because even when we drink just a little bit or we do a little bit of drugs, our, our natural, um, state of, you know, our level of survival, you know, or the, just the baseline that we live at. Say, for instance, this is normal. This is normality. And we're meant to function on this level, right? Once you start taking drink or drugs, you, it, it becomes depleted. Your body, your, all of it, you know, you get anxiety, you get worry, panic, your energy levels are down, it, your chemicals are all off. Your body becomes depleted, right? And your, your, your mind, I, I believe your mind is scanning for what the problem is. Why are we like this? And that's the anxiety. What's going on? What's going on? And through living in a constant state of a come down or, hang, or being hung over or um, being drunk, I feel like, you know, I was like, I was always worried. So I always had to prove something. I had to prove that things were going well, prove, you know, and I was like, and I was, cause I was always in a state of like alert an anxiety state of alert from the drinks or the sesh or whatever. I was always like fight or flight mode. And I didn't want to listen to anyone. I, I just wanted to argue and tell people to leave me alone and, you know, cancel culture freedom of speech and all of this stuff and i never really took uh any responsibility for i mean i apologized but in the truth the truth of it is i apologized to stop the onslaught of bad press and i apologized for the wrong reasons back then do you know what i mean i apologized back then to keep working do you know what i mean um it was very much one of those situations would he would, you know people even said in the press would he apologize if if this hadn't have happened no do you know what i mean that's the truth of it and it's taken me so long and so long to to accept you know that i pushed the boundaries and people got upset you know and i have dealt with a lot of the trauma attached with losing everything but it hangs with me hard you know because the trauma was the loss yeah so you know losing the show losing the tv show losing my money losing my house losing my manager losing um you know the place we lived um 
you know, losing losing any sort of respect, you know, and and the shame attached to all of it. But in such a quick time, going from a lot of success to losing everything, um, and then losing my father, and I think that's where the the trauma and the the fear and the panic and why I've wanted to drink this week has, comes in because I think in a weird way I associate you know, the bad articles and a couple of articles have come out about me going on tour and they always refer back to the stuff I did wrong and should I be given another chance? And, you know, that it triggers me. I'm like, oh, fucking hell, is it going to, is it going to happen again? It, has it started? Is this going to get cancelled? Oh, what have I done? And I associate that with the loss of my father because it, I dealt with it at the same time. I know I do. I can feel it now. I can feel it now, but welling up inside me thinking about it, I can feel it. And, um, it was because uh, at the time that I needed my father's advice when that was going on, he wasn't there. He'd been taken from me. Um, well, actually, I felt like he'd left me. Um, there's a lot of trauma attached to that, you know. Let me take a breath, sorry, because I don't want to cry on this one. <sighs> and, um, yeah, the, um, yeah, the, I, I, I had a very fuck you attitude then to the world, obviously. But anyway, time moves on, right? And then I become a father and um, I have two girls and I realized that the, the jokes about chatting up girls and uh, the, the other horrible stuff that, um, that I said, uh, you know, in jest, you know, thinking there's no malice. So it'd be all right. I understand now after having two daughters, how a lot of that stuff upset people. Right. So after understanding that, then I, be, I was able to go back and go, right, you did do wrong, man. You did. You were wrong you were out of order. You were arrogant about it and you were out of order, you know? And then I had to go through that process of accepting that I was wrong. And then I learned very quickly that, wow, I feel better about it. I've accepted that I was a knobhead and that I was wrong and I wasn't the victim in that. I wasn't done hard, hard done by. Um, I was a twat and um, I was turning into an even bigger twat and I had to be stopped. Um, and that's that that was the beginning of that was the beginning of my healing process really because once I'd accepted um that I had some responsibility for for what had happened I I I could stop trying to cover it up and hide it hide that feeling you know hide that feeling of being a victim and and cover it up with drinking and alcohol and then when the sobriety came into play when I became sober I um I had the, I had this clarity I keep on saying that word because that's what it is. I could see it all for what it was. And I look back and it was like, wow. So this was such a big part of my journey, you know, making a mistake, you know, not being able to deal with the mistake, um, you know, finally coming to terms with the mistake and owning it. Um, then not needing the coping mechanisms as much or the coping mechanisms, you know, becoming like, unnecessary you know they just they just became like a habit i think that's what it was the coping mechanism become a habit you know um you just you you're doing it you don't need to cope but you're doing it every fucking weekend or whenever just because it's what you've been doing and then trying to stop doing it and then not being able to stop doing it and then realizing you've got a problem and then trying to break free of the problem and then once you've broken free of the problem and you've got the clarity to deal with the trauma um You've already kind of accepted that, you know, you're a knobhead. And uh, I was halfway there to dealing with it. And then doing this positive work, you know, 
I think this is what it is. This is what I'm getting to. The karma attached to doing positive things will change your life and open doors 100% because once I stopped thinking about myself um, and being uncancelled and getting on with my work, as soon as I thought to myself, do you know what I thought at the beginning of this year when my sobriety started kicking in, I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm just going to take one year, one year out of my life. I'm going to take one year out and I'm going to spend this year. This is honestly what I thought. I'm going to spend this year seeing what I can do with my platform for other people. How, what, what's the best way for me to do that, right? And everyone was reaching, lads were reaching out to me and talking to me about what they're going through in their life because I was talking about what I was going through and everything I've been through and they were reaching out. And the first thing I come up with was obviously the men and their emotions group. Um, and I just thought, look, if I can put an, half an hour or 45 minutes into this a morning, every morning when I'm up at the crack of dawn, it might help some people. And yeah, 35,000 lads later and post flying in and the men and their emotions groups, brilliant. And then the, I built the podcast out of the group. I said, I said, I want to do a podcast. What should I call it? And the lads come up with a name and everything. And, and then here we are. And then from the podcast came the tour and, um, you know, the tour promoter saw the podcast and, and must've thought, you know, he's done his time and let's, let's get him out on tour. So it's crazy how the way things happen. And I think they happen that way because that's how the universe is meant to work, right? That's how the universe is meant to work. We're meant, it's meant, we're meant to give and help, right? We're meant to be of service. And this is something that I think comes from the AA, uh, not the car, um, place the Alcoholics Anonymous, but we we're meant to give, man, and we're meant to help, and that's what's missing, and that's what's fucked with the world, right? Because that is true. Karma's true. When you give, when you help, like I don't do it as much as I mean, I do it on on these platforms, but I mean, there's even there's even an essence of you know it's for myself as well for my self promotion doing this stuff. You know that, that I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't. You know I want to be working and I want to be. I want to be talking about things I'm passionate about. So there is a bit, of, you know, a bit for me in there, but I know that this helps, but giving back, but the group isn't about that. The men and their emotions group isn't about that. That's purely to help, you know, the podcast is for me as well, but um, there's other things that I try and do as well, you know, just, you know, private things for myself and for the people around me to, to help. And the truth is, is that you feel good. And you're putting good things out into the world. And I think that's how it's meant to work. You know, I'm not religious, but I believe that whatever there is out there, you know, the universe or whatever it is, that's how it's set up and it's meant to be perpetual, right? If, you know, and that's how, that's how things happen. You know, you do good, good things will happen. You put out good things and try and do good things and good things will happen. And I think ultimately sobriety is a beautiful thing. It's such a good thing. It's such a positive thing. And the selflessness that I've displayed in the sobriety uh, has has been hard. Do you know what I mean? Because I am egotistical. I am hundred percent. And the 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 having the strength to realize that this life isn't about me anymore. My life is not about me anymore. It's not. It's about my kids. And um, that's that's it. It's it's not about me anymore. Um, I can still live my life, uh, and I can still do the things I want to do, but. The prior, pri the priority isn't me anymore. That you know, you have to stop, stop drinking, stop doing drugs, stop fucking up your marriage. It's not about you no more. It's about these kids, you know. And I feel like I've been rewarded a little bit by 
working towards the right thing, you know, with with things like this tour. Um, so, yeah, man, 22 dates. Uh, they go on sale Friday. I would love for you guys to come. I just wanted to give you a little bit of background on how I'm feeling. And another big part of it is going on tour. I feel like you feel like you're a rock star when you're going on tour. And I used to use drugs a lot when I was touring. Um, and I used to drink a lot uh, before I went on stage. I, I, re- I don't think I've ever done stand-up sober. I've certainly uh, not been writing as much. My comedy is so much better. My mind is full of jokes. And uh, another reason why I wanted to talk to you guys here on uh, Menace to Sobriety is because a lot of my tour is about my sobriety and my mental health, man. Um, a lot of it is about my journey. I mean, there's obviously some madness stories in there from back in the day, the sesh days and stuff, but a lot of it is about the learning. And really the whole show is about going from lad to dad. That's the show. It's the journey that I'm on, you know, and how to stay on it and what I've learned and how difficult it's been, but how tragically funny it really fucking is. And you have to look at life with laughter, didn't you? Because otherwise, what are you going to do? You're going to cry like I keep doing. But um, yeah, listen, I I, um, I want you all to come. The tickets go on sale on Friday. There's 22 dates across the UK. Starts in January 2024. Um, the way that you can sign up to the mailing list, there's a link on this video, YouTube video, or head over to my Instagram and just DM me and I'll send you the link or follow me on Instagram, uh, Dapper's Instagram. And um, yeah, please, please come along because I'm going to try and meet all of you. Like I said, I'm not going to charge for meet and greets. I'm just going to get amongst it and say thank you for your support. But um, yeah, I think I just want to finish up or or round it up by saying um, you can't move on until you accept what you've done wrong in life. Do you know what I mean? And we've all, I really feel, I, I, I believe this honestly, that, um, you know, how can you be, how can you, how can you have the life you want unless you've lived the life you didn't want? You know what I mean? How do you know it's the life you want until you, unless you've lived the life you don't want? Do you know what I mean? How do you know how to be happy unless you've been sad? Do you know what I mean? Like, how do I, how, how did I realize that sobriety was so good and so positive and the right thing for me unless I've been fucked on drink and drugs for years? How would I know that? How would I know that good karma comes from giving unless I'd been taken for so long? Do you know what I mean? And how did I know, how would I know that I needed to treat, you know, my family better unless I treated them, treated them wrong, you know? And, um, I think that, look, like my wife, um, well, like with my wife, you know, um, there's a lot of trauma attached to my behavior in the past. Do you know what I mean? Like picking, drinking and session and going out with my friends over the family. And time is a healer and very much like getting canceled all those years ago. And it taking 10 years for me to be back on tour. You know, it's about trust. The people out there, there's a lot of people that just ain't never going to like me because of stuff that I said in the past. And I'm okay with that. Um, there's a lot of people that don't know me, but then there's also a lot of people out there that support me and support what I'm doing in my message. So, um, uh, I just think that, you know, when you've hurt people or upset people, they're just time is the only thing you can give them. Just give them time. Um, and also don't push, do you know what I mean? Just leave them, leave them to it. But also once you've accepted what you've done, you know, you can't accept your wrongs in order to get forgiveness because it defies the point of accepting what you've done wrong. Do you know what I mean? You need to accept what you've done wrong in order to learn from it. 
And that's what I was doing for so many years, you know. Yeah, all right, I've done wrong, so meh, give me back my TV show where really it should be like, wow, I learned a lot from that. I learned, I done wrong, I learned a lot from that. So how can I be better? And um, not looking f- not looking for what you can get out of being better, just trying to be better. Wow, I think that's 25 minutes. Um, but yeah, uh, another big thing is, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to do this tour sober? You know, so um, I think that the the way that I'm going to do this tour sober is by talking about sobriety <laughs> in the tour. You know, I, I'm not going to be able to go on stage and talk about how good it's been and what I did wrong and how I've changed uh, by being drunk. But also I think I'm, I'm just going to need to focus on the triggers and like I said, our body holds trauma. So when, and this is something that you can do as well, right? They're called thought patterns, thought loops in our minds. You know, when we when we um, get into a thought loop, a negative thought loop, it's like, are you going to act on it? Are you going to do it? You know, oh, quite fancy getting on the sesh tonight. I quite fancy it. Oh, I fancy getting on the sesh. Oh, I do fuck. Do you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. It's been a bad day. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get some packet. Fuck it. That's what my mind used to be like. Do you know what? Fuck it. Do you know what? They're pissing me off. She's pissing me off. He's done my head. And do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to the pub. I'm going to get smashed. I'm getting fucking smashed. Do you know what? I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve it. I've been good for so long. I deserve it. Yeah. And um, what you've got to do is realize that's a voice, man. That's not your voice. That's a voice. That's not your voice. That's not you talking to you. That's a voice. Do you know what I mean? That's a trigger. That's uh, not, that's not you. That's something in your mind. Um, that's that's trauma. Let's look at it like that. That is trauma. That's trauma talking to you. There you go. Um, that's what I'm going to call it from now on. I did call it the Sesh Gremlin, but now that voice is going to be my trauma. But, you know, boom, I get that voice. I get the trauma coming through close to the weekend. And um, now, luckily, it like it appears in my mind. You've got to look at it as something physical, visual in your mind. That's what I do. I don't, I don't, you know, have these thoughts and think they're me. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that anymore. It's a weird way of looking at it, but this is a skill. I believe this is a skill. Um, the trauma comes through disguised as a voice, disguised as you, disguised of what you want to do, right? Where you've got to turn it into an object, like a fucking blue ball or something in your head. Oh, it's a blue ball talking. That's the trauma talking. You know, turn it into something in your mind. Um, and then resist it you know what i mean fuck off man like why would i want to do why do i want to do what you said what what have you done for me what have you done for me do you know what i mean um so yeah so ah just checking that the kids weren't there because i was swearing but um yeah uh well i think we kind of worked something out there but listen guys do me a favor in the comments if you've stuck with me through this and you want more of these little moments with me um or or i'm okay to use my platform to do them to use our platform uh the little community we've built here on menace to sobriety if i'm allowed to to do these little things i really enjoy just talking um freely unscripted and just openly with you guys uh like like as if i'm talking to a mate or my therapist because um there's a lot in there that needs to come out and i feel like some of it can help people so let me know where you want me to bring the tour in the comments and if you will be coming and sign up on the link. I'm dropping the tickets on Friday. And um, yeah, I guess that was a little podcast from home, 27 minutes. Uh, and I may pop this out on the actual on the actual thing as well, on the actual podcast Spotify. All right, guys. Again, thank you very much for listening. Any of you want to get in contact with me, come over to my Instagram and follow me. And um, 
yeah, that's I spend all day on my Instagram doing stories of my life. So, um, yeah, and uh, talking and sharing. So, um, yeah, come follow me on Instagram. The link is in my bio to sign up for the tour. And fuck it, man. I hope you come because it's been 10 long years and I've learned a lot and it's been difficult but funny. So, yeah, I'm just, I've got a big smile on my face because I want to do more of this. This has been fun. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I don't know. I can't tell you what I said in the last half hour, but I feel like I said something. Thank you. Bye-bye. Just a minute. Just, just a minute. 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 Just